The sixth parak of Kilayim discusses a particular type of vineyard, and that is known as an oris. And whereas until now, until the sixth parak, we've been discussing a kerem, which is the name for a normal vineyard where the vines grow on the ground itself, for the next few Mishnahs we're going to discuss an oris where the vines don't grow on the ground itself, but they are supported by either poles or a fence. And the most common way to do this was actually to make the vines grow upwards on poles, and then there would be a sort of roof, which was made up of just a few beams, which went from one side to the other, and the rest of the roof was left open, and the vines would grow over that, and they were supported by these beams, but they would grow and fill up those gaps in the roof. That was the most common way that the vines were planted in an oris. Now, as we have seen a number of times, the main difference between individual vines and a vineyard is that if you want to plant another species near to the vines, so if it's just a couple of individual vines, then you only need to leave a gap of six tefachim. But if it's a whole vineyard, then you need to leave a gap of four amas. So the mission tells us, Oris an oris, which is a vineyard in which the vines grow upwards on the poles, which is coming out of a raised platform. So in the vineyard, there was a part of the vineyard which was on a higher level than the rest of the vineyard. And this would commonly be the case if, let's say, the vineyard was planted on a mountain. So it's difficult to plant on the mountain itself, so they would usually build some flat surfaces on the mountain. So instead of the mountain being a slope, it would be more like steps. That's how they would carve out the ground. So in this scenario, the vines are growing on this raised platform, then they go on the poles, and then the roof part of this structure goes outwards, and the vines grow on that roof, but that stretches out to the area next to the platform. And this is shown in the diagram for this Mishnah, where the roots of the vines are on this raised part of the field, but the vine extends and is also over the area of the field where the platform is not there. So if he can stand on the ground, meaning where the platform is not there, and he can harvest all of it, meaning if he can reach the vines while standing on the ground, so then those vines are considered to be part of the actual field, not just where the platform is, because it's so close to the field, and you can harvest it from the field itself, and therefore it would forbid four amas in the field, meaning that imagine if you lower the vine so that it's on the actual ground, and four amas away from any of those vines would be forbidden to plant within four amas of those vines, as if this vineyard was planted in the field itself, vim love. But if not, if you're not able to cut down the vines while standing on the ground, so then the vines up there are considered separate from the field. So in Oser El it only forbids the bit which is directly opposite it, meaning the land which is directly below the vines, only that area is forbidden to plant another species. But other than that, you don't need to leave any four amas any other distance. As long as it's not directly underneath the vines, you can plant another species there. Now, whilst we're on the topic of a platform raised in the field, Rabbi Yezer, Omer Rabbi Yezer says, if you recall, we learned in the fourth parak that according to Beis Hillel, in order for vines to be considered a vineyard, there has to be at least two rows. One row is not enough. Now, Abeliezer says that even if somebody plants one row on the ground itself, and then the second row is on a platform next to it, which is raised a bit, so can these two rows combine to make a vineyard? So the answer is, if the platform is 10 tefachim high above the ground, so then it's considered separate from the ground, so it is not combined with the other row, and these are just considered to be individual vines. But if it's not that high, then the platform is considered to be part of the ground. So these two rows do combine it would combine with the other row, and therefore it would be considered a vineyard. The main implication being that you would need to leave a gap of four amas, not just six tefachim, before planting a species next to it. Mishnah Gibbal, so Hamadlis Agefen Amutzap Yoros, one who drapes 
a vine onto part of Apifiores. These are the beams on this roof, this roof structure where he would put the vines on top of. So these beams, which would be used as supports for the vine, even if you only put it, let's say, at the beginning of this whole structure, he is not allowed to bring any seeds. He can't plant anything under even the rest of the beam. So this entire structure with lots of beams there, as soon as the vine has been put on one of the beams, or even on part of one of the beams, the entire structure becomes designated for the vine, and therefore you can't plant another species under the entire structure. We expect that the vine will continue growing over the whole structure. However, in Havi, if he did bring another seed and plant it under the rest of the beam, as long as right now it's not underneath the actual vine, Blokide, she has not made it forbidden with benefit, and you could still use that plant, because right now it's not Kilayim. But as soon as as soon as the new part of the vine which has grown goes over that part, so once the vine does spread further on into the structure, such that it is now above this new species which was planted underneath the structure, then also it becomes forbidden, because now it is very close to the vine, and therefore now it is come it does come under the category of Kilayim, so it would be forbidden to benefit from that. And now the Mishnah adds, the same applies for somebody who drapes the vine over part of an Inan Surak, which is a tree which doesn't grow fruit, because since no fruit grow on this tree, we expect that the owner is going to allow the vine to grow all around the tree, and he's going to use the tree as th- instead of the structure, really. So because we expect the vine to continue growing there, so the whole tree now becomes designated to the vine, so you can't plant another species under the entire tree. Mishnah Dalad, on the other hand, Hamadles HaGefen HaMiktos Ilan Ma'achal, one who drapes a vine on part of a tree which does grow fruit, you're allowed to bring and plant seeds under the rest of the tree, because since this is a significant tree which grows fruit, the owner is unlikely to allow the vine to grow around the whole tree. He's not going to use the tree as a structure for the vine. The tree has significance in and of itself. So we don't consider the tree secondary to the vine, such that we'll treat the whole tree as if the vine was there already. Rather, the areas of the tree where the vine is not yet draped over, he may plant other species underneath there. And the mission continues, If the new part of the vine went, meaning the vine grew more, and it spread to more parts of the tree, but this person wants to plant another species under the tree. So the Mishnah says, He can bring the vine backwards, and move it away from the part of the tree where he wants to plant the new species, and can plant that other species of seeds right under the tree or right next to the tree, as long as the vine is not there right now. And even if the vine was there, he could just move it back, and then plant the new species over there. And again, the reason is because since the tree grows fruit, it's considered significant in and of itself, so it doesn't become secondary to the vine, and designated totally to the vine. Rather, we still consider it a normal tree, and not an extension of the vine. Now the Mishnah illustrates this with a story. There is a story where Rabbi Yeshua went to Rabbi Yishmael, who was in a place called Kfar Oziz, and whilst he was there, Rabbi Yishmael showed Rabbi Yeshua, who was visiting him, a vine which was draped over part of a fig tree. So a fig tree is obviously a tree which grows fruit. And Omar Lerbi Shmuel said to Rabbi Yeshua, he asked him, What is the law with regards to me bringing and planting another seed under the rest of this tree, where the vine is not yet growing there? So Omar Lerbi Yeshua said to him, It's permitted because, like we explained, the tree is considered significant enough itself such that the vine is not considered the primary part of the tree. The tree doesn't become secondary to the vine and just an extension of it. And therefore, the parts of the tree which haven't got the vine on yet, another species can be planted over there. 
However, the story continues, and here it seems to go against what we said previously, because of Helohu Mishom Besamaganya, Mishmo brought him up from there to a place called Besamaganya, the Herohu Gethen Shei Mudla Mitzos of a sudden Shal Shikma, and he showed him a different vine which was draped on part of a sycamore tree, part of one of the branches of the sycamore tree, and the stump. And some explain it was just draped on the on the branch, not the stump, but it doesn't make such a difference to the story. But the Mishnah says, On that tree there were lots of branches, and the rest of the branches did not have any vines draped on them. Now a sycamore tree does grow fruit, however in almost all scenarios when one grows a sycamore tree, he uses it for wood rather than fruit, and therefore it should be viewed as a non-fruit growing tree, in which case the halacha should be that he is not allowed to plant any new species under the entire tree because the entire tree is considered secondary to the vine and designated for the vine to grow around it and over the entire tree. However, oh my lord, Rabbi Yeshua said to him, under this branch it's forbidden to plant another species, but under the rest of the tree it's allowed. So why is this? Surely we learned that if a tree is not there for the fruit, then you can't plant another species under the entire tree. So the clue is in the word kaira. We translated kaira as a branch. Now literally kaira means a beam. And the reason why the branches of a sycamore tree are called a kaira, a beam, is because they're so massive. And because of this, we view each branch of the sycamore tree as separate from the other branches. So just because you put a a vine on one of the branches, that has no effect on the other branches. Because since each branch is so big and significant itself, we consider it almost as another tree to the rest of the branches. And therefore it's true that under that entire branch, even the parts of that branch where the vine is not yet on, you can't plant another species, but the rest of the branches are fine because they are not viewed at all as part of that um, branch of the sycamore tree. Mishnah Hay, we translated an Ilan Sorok before as a tree which does not grow fruit. And we said that it's we view it just as another structure, another wooden structure with the beams, which is considered secondary to the vine. However, it's not so simple. Says the Mishnah, Ezo Ilan Sorok, what is considered an Ilan Sorok? So according to the first opinion, the Tanakama calls Enosopeiros. Any fruit which does not produce fruit is considered an Ilan Sirach such that if a vine is growing on part of it, the entire tree becomes secondary to the vine. However, Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Meir says, Hakol Ilan Sirach. Every tree is considered an Ilan Sirach, even a tree which grows fruit. And Rabbi Meir is talking about this specific halacha of a vine being on, a, on an Ilan Sirach. And with regards to that, every tree is considered an Ilan Sirach, except for an olive tree and a fig tree. And the reason for this is because for the tree not to be considered secondary to the vine, it has to be something which is considered even more significant than a vine. Now, a vine is considered a very significant tree. That's where wine comes from. So only a fig tree and an olive tree which are considered possibly even more significant, or at least these are the two trees other than the vine, which have most significance and importance. So only when it comes to those two trees, if there's a vine on part of it, then they don't become secondary to the vine. But another tree, even if it grows fruit, those fruit are less significant than the vine. And therefore the vine does become the primary part of that tree, such that the entire tree becomes secondary and designated to the vine. And now we have a third opinion, Rabbi Yaisi says, Any type of tree which they don't plant whole fields of that specific tree, that would be considered an Elon Sirach. Meaning Rabbi Yaisi has a slightly different definition for what is considered a significant enough tree, and that is something which you plant a lot of. If you fill an entire field with that specific tree, it's obviously an important and significant tree. But if you wouldn't plant entire fields with it, then clearly it's not so significant, and the vine is more significant than primary, so in that case it would be considered an Ilan Sirach, 
such that the entire tree would become designated to the vine and you wouldn't be able to plant any new species under the entire tree.